1: Da-da-da-da-da. Welcome everybody, my name is Mark this is the Farsi Show, presented by Steven Singer Jewelers. Happy Football Friday, happy Playoff Friday, happy Flyers are 1-0-0 Friday, happy Union are in the playoffs, happy Sixers start on Tuesday, Friday. Welcome to the program is what I'm trying to say, it's nice to have you along here. Oh, holy pots and pans, we got so much to get into today, oh, we got so much. It's a uh, Dallas Cowboy Friday. It's a playoff baseball Friday. The Eagles, in case you've missed it, are undefeated. The Phillies are even at a game apiece after a horrible collapse in game two against the Braves with uh, Zach Wheeler on the mound. And um, uh, everything's looking up. The Flyers are 1-0-0 in the uh, John Tortorella era. So things are looking nice right now. Still don't know who you're going to face tonight uh, on the bump or this afternoon at 437, depending on what you call the afternoon and the evening, whatever you want to call that 437 start time today. Uh, The Phillies are going to be going up against someone. Aaron Nola is going to be pitching against someone. Now, whether it be Strider, whether whether that be Charlie Morton, it's going to be one of those two guys that uh, Brian Snicker puts out there to face the Phillies today in game three of the NLDS, which the Phillies, of course, will try to take on the two games to one series lead and hopefully close it out at home shortly thereafter. We will get into that series a little bit later to get into this Cowboys game. We got Cowboys-Eagles kicking off at 8.15 on Sunday night. RJ Ochoa from blogging the Boys will join us a little bit later in the program to give us the goods, basically. Because I've I followed this whole thing here. <clears throat> and I'm sure most of you have followed it as well. Uh, you got uh, Mike McCarthy coming out and being like, uh, a Cooper Rush should go be my starter. And then you got uh, teammates. You got teammates of, the, of uh, Dak Prescott being like, wow, he's throwing the football with some power. You got Dak Prescott limited in practice yesterday. I am not ruling out Dak Prescott. We'll see what happens today. We'll see if he officially gets the, oh, yeah, he ain't going. Or we'll get the questionable. He's questionable for Sunday night's kickoff. RJ Ochoa will shine some light on all that and more uh, as that interview uh, will be played a little bit later in the program. So we got that to get uh, get excited about. But let me get into this real quick, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, and a horrible Thursday night football game. If you watch that game, You really love football, all kinds of football. It doesn't have to be even crazy good defensive football in a 12 to 7 score, which kind of leads you to believe that. You know what? Five, six, seven, eight sacks in the game. That's that's pretty wild. Five were by the Washington Commanders, not allowed by the Washington Commanders. They only allowed three. That's hey, way to go, Command. Hey, way to go, Carson. um but uh we will play for you ron rivera's uh little rant that he had after a win yesterday by the way they won and ron rivera went on a rant it's usually that's not what ha- that's not what happens usually the opposite they lose and then a rant half happens but last night nope it didn't happen uh so we'll play that for you because ron rivera you know what he's got ladies and gentlemen you know what ron rivera's got besides his first win at soldier field a former bear like himself you know what ron rivera's got i'll tell you what ron rivera's got Rob Rivera's got Carson Wentz because, by golly, he wants Carson Wentz. Nobody understands. All right. And we also have some crazy stuff to talk about with the – Actually, it's not that crazy when you think about it. It's not that crazy that Dan Snyder's like, Oh, yeah, you tell on me, I'll tell on you. You throw me out, I'll have you thrown out. It's fun. It's all fun here. All right, let's get into the Eagles-Cowboys, ladies and gentlemen, shall we? Let's show. All right, uh, Jordan Maillat, a limited practice yesterday. We'll see if he's up and ready to go uh, come Sunday night. So let's get into our top five things to watch when it comes to Eagles-Cowboys Sunday night football. Here's what we got for you. <clears throat> Jordan at Lane Johnson, really the entire, uh, defensive, the entire offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles. That's what we're watching. The entire offensive line of the Philadelphia Eagles against the entire defensive line and the pass rush of the dallas cowboys they're just flat out scary all right um you know you shouldn't be scared of many things in your life and i'm gonna go ahead and say you know what they are scary but i'm not afraid all right i'm not afraid mainly because i'm not jalen hurts and i wouldn't be sacked by these guys because i peaked in eighth grade athletically so i had no chance of playing but what i'll tell you is this <clears throat> the average four sacks in game that defensive unit and the eagles against the cardinals struggled picking up the blitz the eagles versus the lions week one and jason kelsey got into this uh yesterday when he was addressing the media it was working for the lions it was working for the uh, cardinals it was working to an extent with the uh vikings in the second half but the eagles were able to manage manage the pressure a little bit only because they have such a mobile quarterback in jalen hurts that's the only reason and jason kelsey admitted uh yeah we've struggled against picking up the blitz and with the amount that we've struggled against the blitz other teams are just going to keep on bringing it because they're going to try to get jalen hurts off his spot and really you look at the stats in the nfl and you see guys like michael parsons who is in a four-way tie for the year sack lead with six so far this season you look at guys like uh Dorrance armstrong you look at demarcus lawrence and those guys uh, they get after the quarterback Blitz or no blitz, they're getting after the quarterback and Dan Quinn, who we'll get to in a second, is going to be cooking up something special for Jalen Hurts this week. I can guarantee you that. So if the Eagles offensive line can just withstand the pass rush and the blitz from the uh, Dallas Cowboy uh, defensive line, then we're going to be feeling a lot better about ourselves. And Jalen Hurts will come out of this game safe and unscathed. That's what we'll root for. So that's the first thing I'm going to be looking at. Offensive line of the the Eagles versus the defensive line of the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, Number four on this list, going up five to one. That's how we're working this right here. I don't know what it's going to take because Miles Sanders had a career day, 130 plus yards, two rushing touchdowns, uh, 30 carries, uh, 31 carries. Uh, He was off the charts awesome. Off the charts awesome against the Jaguars. And then they went to Arizona, and the Eagles forgot they had Miles Sanders in the backfield. Can we not do that in this game? Because with Dallas blitzing, as much as they're going to blitz, and again, Dan Quinn's going to be cooking something up. More on him in a second. Uh, I'd love to see Miles Sanders run right past that run, or run right past that pass rush. I'd love for him to to have that opportunity. I'd like to see more opportunities with Jalen Hurts under center and forget the RPO. Um, yeah, you're going to see it, especially if you get somebody like Michael Parsons coming off the edge and he overpursues one or the other. But I'm not. I'm going to go ahead and not bet on Michael Parsons' mistakes to win a football game. I'm going to go and not do that. Instead, I'm going to line up under center. I'm going to turn around. I'm going to hand the ball to Miles Sanders. That's what I'm going to do. I know, brilliant, right? Oh yeah, this is totally original thinking here. But don't outthink this. Don't overthink this, Nick Sirianni. Don't overthink this. Shane Steichen call and plays during the game. Hand the ball to your running back. You're giving the ball to a running back who's averaging almost five yards a carry against a defense that's allowing four point seven yards per carry. Go ahead and let Miles Sanders eat in this game. I talk about it a lot when I talk about uh, Jonathan Gannon taking on a quarterback. Oh, you got to let these guys eat. You got to let Chad Edwards get up the field. You got to let the, the Brandon Graham come off the edge. Josh Sweat do his thing. Like, all this stuff. And, uh, Hassan Redick, let him get after the quarterback. All that still applies uh, in this game against Cooper Rush, although I might shock you, not as much as you think. But when it comes to this run uh, rushing attack of the Philadelphia Eagles, you can have success against the Dallas Cowboys. And you know what else you can do? You can protect your quarterback. If I'm I'm Dallas, I mean, I'm I'm, I'm blitzing all the time. I mean, I got the guys to do it. So you know they're going to come out aggressive. So it's really going to be a chess match between Shane Steichen and Dan Quinn. You have the personnel, Philadelphia Eagles, to beat their personnel. Both are pretty damn good. But it's really hard, no matter what kind of defense you have, to cover the versatility of this Eagles offense. So uh, I think the number one thing you look for in this game is the rushing attack. And that's not Jalen Hurts running for 20 on a good RPO or anything like that. That is handing the ball to your running backs. Miles Sanders, number one, obviously. And then the rest of the guys that can fill it after that, like Kenny Gainwell. So, and Trey Sermon being another one. So that's something I want to see in this game. I want to see them commit to the run early in this game. And I want to see this Eagles team attack. With a rushing offense uh after that uh yes i do go to jonathan gannon versus cooper rush now i know a lot. oh blitz them blitz 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 okay i don't think you need to do that i'm the guy that always says you could force bad quarterbacks into making mistakes so what i don't want to see in this game is guys 10 yards off the line of scrimmage consistently i don't want to see that but if there is a game where Jonathan Gannon can get away with, I think, more of the Jonathan Gannon things, the Gannon-ish things that we talk about so often of not being aggressive, this might be the game to do it. Because if you make Cooper Rush beat you, you are going to win this game. If your number one priority is taking away the run, making sure those receivers are contained, and you got to make Cooper Rush make plays to beat you, you're going to win this game. And coming off his performance last week, against uh, aaron donald and uh that defense of jalen ramsey that defense of the jalen ramsey had a sack by the way last week aaron donald had two uh if if those guys were able to get after cooper rush and they're pretty damn good and this versatile defense is just going to sit back and not be aggressive at all well then they're not taking any page out of the playbook of the la rams and i think that there is a lot to be learned from the way they played against cooper rush they made him look like a backup make him look like a backup put him in a position where he's got to look like a franchise guy to beat you. And you're going to win this football game. I think a lot of this comes on Jonathan Gannon. I'm not going to be saying, I'm not saying he needs to blitz every play. I'm not saying he needs to go crazy every play and just keep on pouring it on. I'm not saying that even a little bit. All I'm saying is put Cooper rush in a position where he's going to be the guy that has to beat you. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm looking at. That's number three. Number two, uh, it is Jalen Hurts versus Dan Quinn. That's what I'm going to be looking at a lot in this game. Jalen Hurts versus Dan Quinn. Dan Quinn is going to have exotic blitzes. He's going to disguise it a lot. You heard Nick Sirianni talk a lot about how uh, a guy like, uh, good Lord, man. <clears throat> I, I hope you, for the people on the podcast, I, um, I hope you enjoyed my frozen face for a sec. I I hope the people watching enjoy my frozen face. For the people on podcast, the people on YouTube just really enjoyed my uh, frozen face. I think my piping hot takes about the Eagles and Cowboys game is what really put people over the edge. Uh, But anyway, where was I? (laughs) Here I was. Uh, Yeah, Jalen Hurts needs to beat Dan Quinn. There's going to be a lot of exotic blitzes. One of the things that uh, Nick Sirianni has talked about time and time again is the improvement of Jalen Hurts uh, with his pre-snap reads. This is going to be a good opportunity for Jalen Hurts to show just how good he got at those pre-snap reads because Dan Quinn is going to be throwing a lot of different things his way in this game. It's up to Jalen Hurts to recognize what the defense has given him before the snap and exploit it. And then if he guesses wrong, react. (laughs) React appropriately. Uh, And number one, because it's so specific, I think one of the biggest differences for Jalen Hurts in this game is going to be the fact that he has A.J. Brown to throw to. Not only does he have have A.J. Brown, but he also has Devontae Smith. So everybody, of course, like last year, you're looking at Devontae Smith as your number one guy. And now you have A.J. Brown to really fill that number one guy role. Both can get open. Both can run great routes. But now you're looking at a guy like Trayvon Diggs, who picked off uh, Jalen Hurts last year in that week three matchup uh, in Dallas. Uh, You look at those two guys, and they've been having a battle ever since college. But A.J. Brown versus Trayvon Diggs, I think is going to be the biggest difference between last year's beat down that you suffered at the hands of the Cowboys to this year's victory. So I look at these things. I look at these matchups. I like the Eagles in all of them, which is why I'm picking the Philadelphia Eagles to win this football game 23-17. to 17. It's not going to be comfortable. It's not going to be pretty, but I think it's going to be a tight game. 23-17, Eagles win this game. And I hate to say it. I think the Cowboys get a defensive touchdown. I think the Cowboys get a defensive touchdown Two, two weeks in a row, defensive touchdowns. I want to put it past them. If there's a defense, it's going to do it. It's going to be this defense and it might be early in the game. Make us all feel like crap. And then they come back later in this game. So got the Eagles winning this one, 23 to 17. If I got a bold prediction, it's that the Dallas Cowboy defense scores yet another touchdown. All
0: right.
1: We'll see how that plays out. Uh, now, the Flyers did win last night. I just want to acknowledge the Flyers real quick. Congratulations to the Philadelphia Flyers. They're now undefeated in the John Tortorella era, which is nice. Travis Konechny got you a couple of goals. For those, by the way, uh, that d- d- didn't know, uh, tra- uh, they're, they're they're captainless this year. The Philadelphia Flyers. I thought, oh, maybe TK will get nope. Maybe Sean Gatori injured. Um, they're going captain Liss, which I think is a class move for a number of reasons, and the right move for a number of reasons for the uh Flyers. But they come out last night with a four to one victory. TK had two goals last night, both of them coming in the slot uh for the Flyers. Overall, I mean, the first maybe 10 minutes of the game, you're thinking, okay, you're, you're gonna get you guys are gonna get something going, right? Uh you're gonna get something going. No, oh, okay, maybe they'll get something going. And then uh, Allison came up with the first goal of the game. He tied the score at uh, one all. Provorov, I think that was a play where Provorov came over, made a great uh, play on the boards, uh, and then it went uh, it ended up on Hayes' stick, and then he went to uh, that he went to Allison for the goal. So a uh, lot going on in the game last night with four goals. So that's great to see. And Carter Hart was uh, pretty damn good in net as well, especially in that second period. Book ended that period with a couple of good saves there. Uh did a glove save on. Had a pad save on Hughes in the third period. Had a glove save. Forget who it was on, but it was a clear shot from the point, and he just, nice, hmm, nice try. Snabbed it out of the air. Flyers get the 4-2 victory. Always nice to start on a winning note. Uh, without further ado, let's jump on the Rothman Orthopedics guest line. And, oh, we also have a Farzi in the field, courtesy of Mojo, for you today little bit later in the program uh but without further ado let's get more information on the Dallas Cowboys in this matchup between the Cowboys and the Eagles from RJ Ochoa from blogging the boys it's right now on the rough orthopedics cast line uh it's over it's over the top cliche but uh, I'll, I'll use it anyway we're going behind enemy lines with RJ Ochoa of blogging the boys make sure you guys are following for all things Cowboys so you get the information there behind
0: enemy lines RJ how are you man I'm doing great. Uh, it's great to be with you again. It uh, feels like just yesterday. Um, a lot has happened. A lot has changed. Um, a lot of your followers were upset about something I had to say about Jalen Hurts uh, last time. Um, so I'm here to make amends in that sense, but but also um, uh, excited about Sunday night and, and what it has to offer.
1: It, it must be a sports nation thing because I know it was Bleeding Green Nation. Uh, I also know it was Blogging the Boys that had their doubts about Jalen Hurts. And to this point, you're talking about an offensive player of the month to start the season. It's hard to start a season better than that. And then there's that little side note of being five and zero at this point this season. So yeah, things have been things have been pretty good to this point a little bit here in Philadelphia.
0: Yeah, and I mean. It's all impressive and it's all worthy of praise and, and, you know, consideration for all these awards. But I do think, you know, just because it's true now doesn't mean it was always true. And, and that's, you know, congratulations to Jalen Hurts in all seriousness for for proving a lot of people wrong. Congratulations to Saquon Barkley. A lot of people, thought, myself included, thought his career was over. Uh, life happens. Things change. You know what I mean? Data changes. We're, we're allowed to reformulate opinions. Uh, but uh, but it's it's uh, it's been an interesting five weeks in a lot of different ways.
1: Uh, look, I'm not going to ask you to to drool over Jalen Hurts by any means, because I certainly do enough of that throughout the week. But um, is there one thing in particular that when you've watched tape of Jalen Hurts, you just watched him play, is there one thing that jumps out and goes, oh, wow,
0: that he, I didn't expect him to improve upon that, but there he is better than what he was last year. Is there anything that jumps out specifically? I mean, I think he's he's a better – I mean, just functional passer, and that's like that's a low-hanging fruit answer. But I think he's a better deep passer. I think um, you know the first couple of games, it was kind of like, okay, you know, you're still kind of the same, not not trick that we saw a year ago. But uh, that Monday night game against Minnesota, for me, was when I really thought, okay, like we're really starting to see some not not just evolution, but like the evolution has happened. Um, and I don't know, like, I don't know that, that he'll ever regress into the type of quarterback that he was before. But it, it was not what we've seen, I think, is not just a matter of, OK, there's like I, I look at Daniel Jones and th- there's a there's a, an athlete in there. Right. We don't see it all the time. But like that guy lives in there. That guy, it's no longer that with Jalen Hurts. I think that that guy's outside. He's outside the skin. You know what I mean? He, he's having coffee on the street. Uh, he's breaking bread with people. Um, he, he has a P.O. box, whatever the case may be. He is a, a full functioning member of society.
1: <laughs> that's that's I think that is a that's high praise. I'll just describe that as high praise. Uh, you guys have an interesting going, thing going on right now. The Cowboys have an interesting thing going on right now with Dak Prescott. I hear from your head coach, Mike McCarthy that he's not playing that it's most likely going to be Cooper rush. They're preparing as if it's going to be Cooper rush. And then I see a report that comes out by the players saying, Oh, he's really putting spin on that ball. He's really got a good grip. He's got power. And then I see that he was at least limited today in practice. If you had to bet who the starting quarterback is on Sunday, who do you think it's going to be Sunday night against the Eagles?
0: If I had to bet, I would bet Cooper rush. Um, but I do think this is an important piece of information for the story. Um, Last year, during Cooper Rush's first start, a game that was also on Sunday Night Football when Dallas went to Minnesota and, and won what is now his the first of his um, his five career wins. That week, Dak was coming back. The Cowboys were coming off their bye week. They had beaten New England two weeks before. And there was all this thought that Dak, with the calf injury at the time, was going to play. And, and if you had asked me that you know, Thursday, I would have said, Dak's going to play on Sunday. There's no way that I believe anything else. And the Cowboys, to their credit... Um, you know, there was a Jerry Jones radio hit in between that, which makes it all the more impressive, uh, kept that close to the vest. And it wasn't until Sunday morning, the national, you know, insiders making their news dumps that people found out that Cooper Rush was going to be starting. This feels similar to that. If, if I had to equate it to anything, I'm not saying it is apples to apples. Um, but it, there's precedent for them kind of pulling the rug out from people um, and getting Dak under center. But I would bet Cooper personally.
1: How do you respond to people that say, well, you know, Cooper Rush would probably just keep starting because they just keep winning. How do you respond to that argument that has started up at least a little bit?
0: I mean, uh, it's tough. It's the most annoying part of uh, of this, this little winning streak that the Cowboys have going on. I mean, you know, there's I, I don't even, you know, there's so much data and evidence, right? Like there's just like, look at their, their scoring. Like they're they're not doing anything. I had one offensive touchdown last week against the Rams – Uh, And it was a 57-yard touchdown that Tony Pollard ripped off. But but Cooper Rush, and and I I hate this because it it turns into like sliding him and it turns into having to kind of stomp on him to prove the point. I hate that because what he's done has been impressive. And to be fair to Cooper, Michael Gallup had a big-time drop in that game. CeeDee Lamb had a big-time drop. CeeDee's had a couple of big-time drops. So it's not just that Cooper's, you know, Getting completely and totally carried. He's he's made some big throws. He made some big throws against the Bengals a few weeks ago. But but we've kind of seen the offense get weaker as this little streak has gone on, uh, and the defense gets stronger. And so I don't know how anyone you know in their right mind can look at this and be like, well, you can't wreck this. This is not you know this is not Dak and Romo in twenty sixteen. Very different situation. Romo was, you know, this this guy who couldn't stay healthy, was clearly on his last legs. Dak was showing a lot of offensive capability. You're just not seeing that with Cooper Rush right now. I mean, there were four Cowboys players who caught passes this past week. They had four possessions that, that lasted longer than four plays against the Rams. Their first offensive possession began at the LA 20-yard line. They went four plays, picked up five yards, and had to kick a field goal. I mean, they're just incredibly limited, and I don't know how anybody can't see that in their right mind. Uh,
1: easy enough um how have
0: the Dallas Cowboys
1: m- made it to 4 and 0 without their franchise quarterback Dak Prescott is it really as simple as uh this defense just is that good like how have you how has the Dallas Cowboys maintained an undefeated record with Cooper Rush as their quarterback
0: i mean the defense is probably the, the headlining attraction obviously um for the success that they've had they're, they're not even necessarily just, like, taking the ball away. It isn't, you know, something like that. They're just stop after stop after stop. And I would say offensively what they've done is the times they've had to be bold, the times they've had to be great, they've done it. Cooper stepped up, climbed the pocket against the Bengals. Uh, it's only two attempts that we're talking about, but they have 100% conversion on fourth down right now. I mean, the, the limited things that they have had to do, they have done. Uh, there, there was a critical fourth down early in the game against the Bengals. They got, kept that drive alive. They had a very critical fourth down they got against the Giants on Monday Night Football. So, again, they've, they've really limited these opportunities where they've had to shine, and they have come through in those particular moments. I would also say, I mean, they, you know, Cooper has as many turnovers as he does losses as an NFL starting quarterback. He has not turned the ball over. And that's, you know, this defense is amazing. Eagles defense is very good as well. Uh, but, but the Cowboys are not putting themselves in situations where they have short fields to defend. And I do think there, there's a little bit of a misleading stat going around. Um, the last two games, the Cowboys have, have given their opponent the ball due to shanked punts, actually, um, on their side of the field. And, you know, neither the commanders nor Rams are able to get any points out of it. The commanders turned the ball over on downs. It was late in the game. And the Rams missed a field goal. But still, those things are happening infrequently. So there's some skill. There's a lot of skill. There's some, you know, incredible luck. Um, You could argue there's some incredible fortune with the schedule, uh, but I think that's true for every team in the NFL right now. It's kind of a down year. So it's just a a weird combination of factors, but it does ultimately belong, you know, the credit belongs, I think, to them buckling down and surviving. Mike McCarthy is now nine and seven in games without Dak Prescott. Jason Garrett, um, not counting his, his interim year in 2010, uh, had to coach 14 games without Tony Romo or Dak Prescott. He won one of them. So this is very, very foreign territory for the Cowboys as a franchise.
1: Mm, understood. Uh, I, I was looking back over some la- the last last year's games, and it's just amazing. I mean, 96 points the Cowboys put up on the Eagles the last game of the season. Obviously, kind of goes out the window because the Eagles didn't even play their starters. You guys, the the Cowboys still very much had playoff positioning to play for. Is there a feeling at all of? I mean, it might be hard to be overconfident with a guy like Cooper Rush as your quarterback, but man, they took it to this Eagles team last year. So they feel like they can do the same thing again, especially from a defensive defensive standpoint. Do you think any of that's going on with the Cowboys or is this this just a totally different year?
0: I do think there's a little bit of like, okay, let's let's, you know, within the Cowboys, Jamarcus Lawrence had a quote kind of around these lines um, today. Uh, I think there's a little bit of like, well, Jalen Hurts hasn't played us, right? Like the, the times we've played Jalen Hurts, you know, it's, you know, it hasn't been this show that, that we're seeing from everybody. I think, you know, from a Cowboys fan standpoint, last week, not the most, in you know, in unbelievable version of the Eagles we've seen this year. Like, it does kind of feel like they're, you know, falling into this teeny, tiny lull. Injuries are now starting to creep up. They're, like, I think people can – It's this is the most I think people have been able to talk themselves into a Cowboys win. Uh, Mike McCarthy's comment last week, I'm sure you, you talked about how the Cowboys were nobody's underdog. It's kind of served as this rallying cry. The the line has only grown, uh, really, as the week has gone on for Dallas. Um, it, as far as being underdogs in this game, you could argue that's the Dak effect. Um, I, I think they've just kind of embraced it. And, and this, to me, the, this, the way this Cowboys team plays is what I've always feared with the Eagles. I've, I've never, ever felt comfortable um, in a Cowboys-Eagles game because the Cowboys have always kind of felt like the front runner of the two. And the Eagles have always felt like the team that, that does not care about the circumstances, that it's just going to get in and do the dirty work um and i'm in no way inferring that the eagles are front runners but it does feel like a little bit of a freaky friday sort of thing like everybody is crowning the eagles whereas the cowboys are like we don't care we're gonna find a way we will all we need to do is score one offensive touchdown and and, and we'll hold on it's not pretty it's not whatever but you know the wins count the same um so again i'm not you know proclaiming that that is uh, indicative of what's going to happen here but I've, I've ne- it's it's a different it's a loosening sort of feeling I think from the Cowboys' perspective. It's a it's a foreign thing with regards to this particular matchup.
1: Now, now I can understand that as far as really the Cooper Rush effect. If you think about that, it's like you have Cooper Rush, so it's almost like you're playing more so with house money because you're four and and0 and Cooper Rush is your quarterback, not your franchise guy. Whereas the Eagles are oh wow, they're the they're the bell of the ball right now because they're the only undefeated team. So as far as that goes, yeah, it's a, it's a much different vibe kind of going into this game. And, yeah, I understand the thing with Mike McCarthy going, you know, basically we're nobody's underdog, that kind of thing. And I'm thinking, I get it because you still want to look at Cooper Rush as he's the guy that will not turn the ball over, he'll manage the game, and he'll let the defense go to work. And maybe that also motivates the defense to know we got to be on point, we can't make mistakes, and we have to take advantage of opportunities because we know our our offense isn't going to be there to put up those points.
0: Yeah, and I mean, you know, when I was on your show last time, I mean, I, I killed the Cowboys, and, and I stand by everything I said. Um, but they've had success in spite of all the obvious roster flaws which is stupid I mean it, it's illogical um, you know if if I jumped out of an airplane without a parachute and landed I mean it, it wasn't a good plan you know what I mean? it's, <laughs> right. it's, um, and and that's where they at they've, they've landed softly you know what I mean right uh, with, with birds chirping and singing around them and and you know people on hand to feed them grapes and they're like see guys like this all worked out. But but I do think that they have learned, and that's that's where I, I they feel like the Eagles to me. They've learned to kind of thrive in this chaos, um, and I agree with you. That is kind of their disposition on defense. Like, okay, up the ante, you know, make the challenge bigger, put more responsibility on us. Micah Parsons is kind of the the, the leader of that charge. Uh, Demarcus Lawrence falls in line very strong behind that. Dan Quinn obviously understands how to get things done, and and. They're having success in a number of different ways. They're one of the highest pressure teams in the NFL with only sending four rushers. And so, I mean, they, they, I don't think that, I I think they would be offended at the idea that they're playing with house money. I think they feel like we need to be some favorites. We need to be considered top dogs and it's, Kind of silly, uh, but I've long thought if you can get 53 dudes to believe the sky is orange, then the sky is orange. And that's ultimately what matters the most.
1: Oh, sir. Uh, hey, the Eagles won a Super Bowl thinking of themselves as underdogs. So it, 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 it works and it still gets brought up. Dog mentality gets brought up all the time still here in Philadelphia. Uh, this is this is a question that came up on a postgame show that I uh, was uh, was doing last week. And it was the idea, I'm sure from your perspective, you hear the Cooper Rush over Dak Prescott, That those little murmurs coming out. Well, from our side of it, our side of the line, it comes out like this. Who would you rather face, Cooper Rush or Dak Prescott? And here's what I said. This is the one time, this game, this Sunday, this Sunday night, I'd rather face Dak Prescott than Cooper Rush. And the reason was this. If, if Dak Prescott's playing in this game, he's rushing back. He's not 100% ready to go. And with a thumb injury, if the the thumb injury is either, no pun intended, thumbs up or thumbs down, it's either good to go or it's not. And if he's even half, you know, 50%, if he's 75%, that's not enough to keep that pressure on the football. That's that's not enough to hold on to that football. So I'd rather face the guy that's not 100% than Cooper Rush. With that being said, A, do you agree? B, is there any chance Dak Prescott would rush back and the doctors and the team would allow it? Jumba. The chumba life is for everybody. So go to chumbacasino.com and play over a hundred casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
0: J-j-jumba.
1: Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void. we're prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: I'll answer B first. Um, I think that he would have and has done so in the past. Um, yeah. If you recall, he had the shoulder strain at training camp last year. That was, you know, thought to be a result of pushing himself so hard to come back from the ankle injury in 2020. Um, so, so that's that's where this winning streak has really benefited the Cowboys and benefited Dak and that it's allowed, you know, them, them time. It's allowed them, a, you know, a luxury uh, that you don't often get in the NFL. And I think that's why if I was an Eagles fan, uh, I'd be would be a terrible person. I'd probably love on the office when Jim like makes a eagle or a Philly you know <laughs> reference or whatever. Um, but I would prefer to face Cooper Rush because at the end of the day, these are both playoff teams. Like these, these are, neither of these teams. Like we we've learned that at this point in time, especially obviously the Cowboys once Dak comes back, they become all the more better. Um, and so this is really about narrative. This is really about like how emotionally damaged can I possibly be from this game and 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 how annoying will it be to have to live with the consequences of what happens on sunday until christmas eve when these two teams meet again because that's what it's going to be right like either team could go on a winning streak after sunday night and people would say doesn't matter you lost to the cowboys or the eagles or whatever the case may be um, and so if i was an eagles fan my thought process would be all right if that comes back and destroys us then it's it's Dak owns the Eagles. Dak owns the NFC East, right? Like the narrative continues to perpetuate. Like it doesn't matter how good you are, as long as that dude exists, he is going to own you into oblivion. He's the Aaron Rodgers to the Eagles, the way Aaron Rodgers is to the Cowboys. Uh, and that's why, like, I would rather face anybody over Aaron Rodgers. Like, I don't care who. I I never ever want that that you know idea or thought process in my mind. Last year was like Jimmy Garoppolo in the playoffs. Hell yeah, I'll take that and his talented <laughs> team over Aaron Rodgers all day long. Whereas Cooper Rush. I think if if you lose, it is frustrating, right? Like, we lost to Cooper Rush. This is so annoying. But then it's like, well, I mean, this weird thing is happening, right? They're just magical. They're just hot. Like, you just kind of lump it into that stuff. But I I think that the, I think Dak gets in your head more. The the term rent free gets thrown around a lot in this rivalry. And I think there's far more real estate acquired by Cowboys fans. If it's, even if Dak is, is not great, it's just Dak showed up. First game beats the undefeated Eagles in Philadelphia. That's a hard thing to overcome as the season unfolds.
1: Gotcha. Um, Last thing, when it comes to uh, this game and it comes to really the backfield with Ezekiel Elliott and Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott has uh, 81 attempts this season. Tony Pollard only has about 44 attempts, rushing attempts, But yards are very close. I think it's only 57 yards, the difference between the two, with Ezekiel Elliott having the edge, 57 more yards than Tony Pollard. And Tony Pollard, of course, had the 57-yard run. Um, Is it really being evened out in that backfield at all, as far as the guys that they look at as the home run hitters in that backfield?
0: I I think – it will never be even, I mean, as long as, you know, Zeke is their guy, but it is the most balanced it's ever been um, in, in the Tony Pollard era. He's he's certainly being utilized more, um, and you can feel that, you can sense that. I mean, you can see it, obviously, from a volume standpoint, and it's not just, you know, he had the 57-yard touchdown on Monday night. He had a 46-yard run on, on the Monday, I'm sorry, on Sunday, on the Monday night game against the Giants that Jason Peters helped create uh, and helped make happen, which adds to the fun, obviously, of Sunday night. He, um, in, in the Bengals win, he had a 46-yard gain that took the ball down to the one-yard line, a little pitch that Cooper Rush tossed him. I mean, so, you know, in this winning streak, the four games, he's had an explosive play in three of them. Um, and so he is by far the most explosive player on the Cowboys' offense right now, and I think he's kind of their key to victory if Cooper Rush plays. That's why, like, people are like, oh, man, Darius Slay is going to lock down C.D. Lamb. Cool. I mean, like, Cooper's, Cooper Rush isn't worried about throwing a C.D. Lamb right <laughs> now. Like, they're, they're not that advanced. Um, and so um, it it really comes down to Tony Pollard and whether he can do it again I mean he's done it three out of four times that's so hard to continue and to pull off but they're finding a way against all odds against all logic and reason they are four and one here in the middle of October
1: all right at the time we tape this it's Thursday night we're using this Friday morning as of Thursday night what is your prediction for this game on Sunday night
0: Look, I didn't come this far to not pick the Cowboys. I mean, I'm very <laughs> clear about that. Uh, but I, I do think if the Eagles had lost last week, I would be much more afraid. I would be much more nervous that there's, you know, like, you know, the defenses had gone down a little bit. There was a little bit more humility happening. I think there's so much pressure on the Eagles. And that I've never – that I can't in, in the longest you know, time felt like that's been the case. I've always felt like Dallas has been the team – that has had to perform, had to deliver, kind of that front-running thing we talked about. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm I'm fascinated to see if Philly can do it. I'm fascinated to see if Jalen Hurts can do it. If Nick Sirianni can do it. I mean, there's you know, like the Nick Sirianni shirt last year that everybody kind of made a big deal about. You tell me that there's been none of that this year because you mm-hmm. can't you can't talk right now if you're you cannot dare the football gods if you're the Eagles right now. And so I'm really fascinated to see if they're able to do that. I trust the most elite thing. And that's this Cowboys defense. And I mean that with no due respect or no disrespect at all um, to the Eagles offense. But this Cowboys defense is one of the very best in the NFL. And I think Micah Parsons is the best player in this game. Um, and so I'll take them to kind of figure it out. I mean, I I, 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 I can't explain it, but... Um, I, uh, they're kind of made for this. And so mm-hmm. I'm very excited to see, but if it, if it is a Cowboys win that way, I think it's low scoring 22, 16, 22, 19, you know, we get some kind of weird, maybe like three field goals on each side type of thing. Um, again, it's pretty tense all night long.
1: <laughs> gotcha. Well, Hey, Cameron Dicker, the kicker will be ready for it. I'll just tell you that much. NFC off uh, NFC, uh, special teams player of the, uh, the week. Um, RJ, I, I, I have no more questions for you. I just, I'm going to give you a piece of information. If you choose to pass it on to Jason Peters, by all means, go for it. No one is throwing anything at Jason Peters. He said it in the media this week. It ain't happening. Everyone here is still cool with Jason Peters. Yes, the star in the helmet for a lot of people, I don't include myself, is weird, but no one's throwing anything at Jason Peters. We respect the bodyguard all too much. Just wanted to let you know that.
0: You know, I appreciate that. Um, Certainly, I I think I speak for Jason, Um, but he's, I think, what I'm so excited for is Tyler Smith's Hall of Fame career because I don't know what Jason Peters' career with the Cowboys is going to be this year, and I don't know if he'll be their left guard over the long term of this whole thing. But, I mean, he has been invaluable to Tyler Smith and his development. And, and I think that, you know, that alone has, has made signing him worth it. Um, and I think that has to irk every Eagles fan. Like, holy crap, this dude just like, this, this dude just like set up, you know, he, he was the butterfly effect that set up this like now perennial future, all pro left tackle that we're going to have to deal with for a decade.
1: <laughs> Unbelievable. RJ Ocho, make sure you guys are following my man here at Blogging the Boys. Make sure all things uh, Cowboys information, you're following my man, RJ Ocho. RJ, great catching up with you again. Thanks so much, man. Much appreciated. And uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again next Cowboys week.
0: Sounds good, man. Health, wealth, and happiness, but absolute sports misery on Sunday. <laughs> hey, back at you, my friend. Take it easy.
1: So I just take a glance down at the old uh, comment section there, and uh, I just see any other Barry Manilow or Eddie Money fans gathered in the chat today. Um, I don't know why. But I'll—I'm sure in the chat check I'll figure out why that's happening. Uh, my thanks to R.J. Ocho joining the show today, talking all things Cowboys and uh, what's going on there behind those uh, enemy lines. You know what? That's an expert, R.J. Ocho. That's an expert's point of view on this game. But what about the common folk? What about the common people? I don't disassociate myself. I'm—I'm I'm one of you. That's why I took to the streets yesterday, albeit. During a rainy day in Center City, Philadelphia. To ask you guys, courtesy of the great people at the Mojo app, to ask you guys about how you feel about this Eagles-Cowboys game. And who's had, who has the higher stock? The Eagles at 5-0? Oh, oh, my goodness, they're undefeated. Or the 4-1 and one Dallas Cowboys who have been playing with their backup quarterback. Whose stock are you buying? Also, running backs, Tony Pollard, Ezekiel Elliott versus Miles Sanders. What? Yeah, all that and more in this week's. Far is he in the field, presented by Mojo. All right, how are you feeling about the Eagles Cowboys game this weekend? I bleed green, and the Eagles
0: going to be mean, and we're going to take care of this game. Ooh,
1: okay, I love the confidence. Obviously,
0: I think the Eagles uh, pull it out as long as Jalen stays on game. Okay, love the Eagles. I hate the Cowboys.
1: Those two things seem to go together a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, when it comes to, let's say, some stock prices here, courtesy of the Mojo app, buy or sell the Eagles at 5-0 or the Cowboys at 4-1 with their backup quarterback, Cooper Rush. Who do you like more?
0: You buy the Eagles, definitely. And I'm going to buy a stock in the Philadelphia Eagles organization. All right,
1: this one's a little tougher now. Okay, would you buy stock in Miles Sanders or Ezekiel Elliott? Miles Sanders. I like Ezekiel. Oh, you're going to buy there. Okay, Tony Pollard or Ezekiel Elliott? Ezekiel Elliott. Wow, okay, Jalen Hurts or a healthy Dak Prescott? Jalen Hurts. Oh, there we go. All right, very good. How about Ezekiel Elliott or Miles Sanders? Sanders. Okay. Oh Sanders, Sanders all the Sanders, yes, Love absolutely. It. So as you can probably tell by now, it started raining. So I just randomly popped into this little awning. And um, this isn't creepy at all. Hey, you want to come talk to me about sports? Yeah, this. This right here. This is what I'm dealing with right now. Oop! They look like fun. Let me see if I can get them in real quick. Anybody an Eagles fan? Any Eagles fans? No, no Eagles fans. Okay, if you had to buy stock in the five and O Eagles or the four and one Cowboys who've been playing with their backup quarterback, who would you buy? Ooh, look at that. Do that again. Do that. That's a hmm hmm. Really have to think about this investment. Okay, right, all right. Who would you buy stock in? Would you buy stock in uh, the five and O Eagles or the four and one Cowboys? The Eagles. Okay, so with the Eagles. All right, that's great. Now let's get the running backs. Miles Sanders or Ezekiel Elliott? I don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know.
1: The, the the thought process, though, that I could see, the wheels turning. I like that. Yeah. All right, Miles Sanders or Tony Pollard? Not sure about that one either. <laughs> okay. you either. Know, maybe if you thought about it a little bit. <laughs> that's perfect. Star of the show. Fun with real people. Fun with real people. Farzi in the infield, you just field hard-hit grounders to prove your athleticism. I like that. I like that. Some, some people might say I'm better than Reese Hoskins. Most people, but everyone would say I'm better than Reese Hoskins. That much. You know why? Quick feet, quick feet, quick feet, soft hands, soft hands, quick feet, soft hands. That's what I bring to the table there, folks. Uh, thanks, everyone, at Mojo for bringing us Farzy in the field right there. Speaking of Mojo, download the Mojo app to your phone right now, available in New Jersey. It treats every player with a sh- – it gives every player a share price, so the stock rises and fallses, fallses, falls throughout the season. Everyone on the Mojo app can have yourself a good time. If you think a rookie out there is uh, undervalued by now, And then sell high later. Buy low now, sell high later. That's the whole point. See how Jalen Hurts' stock is doing right now. Dak Prescott, when he comes back, Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, they have uh, Miles Sanders. Over 300 skilled players in the NFL right now between tight ends, running backs, quarterbacks, wide receivers. <clears throat> Check it all out right now on the Mojo app. Go to mojo.com for more information. You must be 21 or older. Gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. How about PHL Sports Station, Philadelphia Sports Station, enhancing your Philadelphia sports fan experience across all social media and blogs? That's PHL phlsportsnation.com. Manscaped. Download the Manscaped. Download. Order your Platinum Package 4.0 from Manscaped. It's the one-stop shop with a great bundle. That includes the Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer. It includes the incredible Lawn Mower 4.0 trimmer, the incredible Ear and Nose Hair trimmer as well, and they both come with skin-safe technology that helps reduce the risk of nicks, so you can manscape with confidence and comfort. So go to Manscaped, manscaped.com. Use promo code FARZY, and uh, treat yourself, because, fellas, you want to look good everywhere, right? Get 20% off with promo code FARZY at manscaped.com. Uh, Freestone Farm CBD, freestonefarmcbd.com. If you're looking to try CBD, if you like CBD, if you want to try a different type of CBD, try freestonefarmcbd.com. Their insane tropical tasting Bayox clocks in. Their chart topping 24.1% in Super CBD, which is half Hindu Kush. And 21%. Genetics of these guys are off the charts. So check out Freestone Farm CBD, freestonefarmcbd.com. 20% off with promo code FireZ. So enjoy that. Let's get to the chat check. See how you fine people are doing today. See what's going on. Maybe I can have a better understanding of what's better understanding of what's happening. Uh, Kevin. Good morning. Happy football Friday. Happy Phillies baseball Friday. Phillies Friday. Phillies baseball Friday. Phillies Friday. All right. Sean Gillespie. What's going on? Uh, T-Bro. Yo, yo. It's football. Phil's Dallas Friday in Philly. Let's freaking go. T-Bro. I concur jordano molina what's up what's happening hello to you sean gillespie good morning just mike hk i believe i'm saying that right uh just past midnight here in hawaii just mike hk hey man muka Lakahiki. i don't know uh Mukul- here's how random that reference is okay um in like 1989 Wayne Gretzky hosted Saturday Night Live, and he sang a song. Well, he didn't really sing it. He lip-sang a song called, uh, lip-synced a song called mukalakahiki Hiki." means hockey. mukalakahiki Hiki means love. It was incredible. That's all you need to know. But anyway, uh, Jess Mike, welcome to the show. Nice to have you in. <clears throat> oh, this is when the cord uh, for the camera went out, unfortunately. Change that up real quick. Ah. Uh, I'm my own uh, on-site engineer. PJ does a great job producing the show from location. And I'm the engineer on-site, which means this show is in terrible hands on-site. Off virtually, PJ, wonderful job. Me on-site, terrible job. Uh, but yes, my uh, my big fat face, just standing there smiling at you. <laughs> uh was a nice hold screen for a second there. Uh, Sean Gillespie, that's dedication. Oh, from Hawaii. Yeah, for Jess Might. My... Yeah, yeah, there you go. I believe I got that right. Yeah, there we go. All right. Uh, stateside Vodka brought me here. <clears throat> me too. For the people on the podcast, I just held up a bottle of vodka that I just happened to have here in studio. You know what that's from, actually? That's from last year's pregame show. Here, look. I'll even prove it. This is last year's postgame show with the Jacob Media people. <laughs> that's the banner. Hi, Devin. Hi, Gunner. Hi, me. Hi, John. Hi, Lane. I'm doing pregame this year for him, so I'm having myself a good time. Still brought to you by Stateside Vodka. I don't throw anything away is what I'm a hoarder, okay? I'm what my wife would call a hoarder. All right? Uh, so, yeah, stateside's delicious. April. Good morning, April. Phillies, <laughs> Dan Schwartz. Are the Phillies on ESPN Plus tonight? Mm. How terrible was that? Wait, did I say four to what? I thought I said four to two. Oh, did they score an empty netter? Did I turn it off before they scored the empty netter like an idiot? I thought I. uh Five to two. Five to two. Thank you. God, Dan, thanks for keeping me honest. Idiot. Was it an empty netter now that I turned it off like a moron? Oh, they Oh, they got this. They got this. Yeah, empty net. Morgan Frost scored the final one. Damn it. Oh, uh, yeah, Morgan Frost scored the last goal of the second period <clears throat> and the last goal of the game. TK scored on the power play as well, yeah. Idiot. Me scusi. Congratulations to the Flyers, 5-2 to two victory. That was the final. Um, we're all having fun. Uh, Just Mike HK, weird but great time of year that the Eagles, Flyers, Sixers, and Phillies are all playing. Uh, absolutely. We heard that cough. Alyssa, good morning, Alyssa. Uh, Dan Schwartz, all these pep rallies for the Phillies and still no Farsi meetup yet. Uh, I'll tell you what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be over at Fox 29, not at Fox 29. We're actually going to be in the Wells Fargo Center parking lot, I believe we're going to be in. I'm doing another Fox 29 hit today uh, remotely. I'll be down there at the stadiums. Uh, you know what? I'll give you guys an information right now, just in case you want to come scream things. Uh, boop, 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 uh, Let's see here. Um, 11th and Pattison. We're going to be on the corner of 11th and Pattison. There you go. Wait a minute. 11th in Patterson. Okay. Yeah. Now I got it. Now I know where that's at. All right. I was going the wrong direction in my head. Um, Let's see. Yeah. Both the Cowboys coaches are mediocre. All right. Let's not act like McCarthy. Yeah. I don't. I am not a Mike McCarthy fan. I, I, I take, if I take credit for anything, it's that. I'm the guy that first said Mike McCarthy's a joke and everything that he does that's good is only because Aaron Rodgers is awesome. I was the first guy. All right, Whatever. Um, First step in recovering, admitting there's a problem. Uh, Dan Schwartz says, I feel dirty. I've been enjoying Sealski on Saturdays with Glenn. He's great. Both are great. Love both those guys. April, first step is to recovering. First step of recovery is admitting there's a problem. Later, Holmes. Any Barry Manilow, Eddie Money references? What am I missing? Totally just hit the bong, ripped like Tom. <laughs> wow, things got crazy in here. Oh, this is great. Mike Fuji, what's up, Fuji? Ooh, April, your husband's a hoarder too? I'll tell you what though, I just had a big dad victory in like clearing out my basement because we're trying to make a, make a big playroom for the kids, right? Because the kids like to like play with stuff. So um, I just put up a, a, I just cleared out a lot of stuff. Got rid of, got rid of a lot of the the baby stuff. Got a lot of rid of, got a lot of, uh, got rid of a lot of Emanuela's stuff. She's three, outgrew it. A lot of it is like Leo has no interest in. So there you go. Ah, April, WTF Mark. I was just up there last week. Couldn't have, couldn't have had a meetup then. I'm a jerk. (laughs) Sean Gillespie, everyone is drinking early. (laughs) Good. Good. Uh You guys are great. Thanks, everyone, in the chat. Phenomenal, as per usual. Let's get to the morning rush. Roger, my Sky Motor Car, skymotorcars.com. Let's get to the morning rush. Here it is. Ready? Here's the morning rush for you. All right. Flyers won 5-2 to two last night. That's exciting. Travis connecting two goals. Morgan Frost. Mofro? Is that what we're calling them? Two goals as well. Carter Hart fantastic in that flyers five, two victory. We'll just cut that edit it in the beginning of the show. And we're all good to go. Uh, We get to the Phillies in a second, but I do want you guys hear this. Uh, This is Ron Rivera last night after the 12 to seven victory. Hold on. Now I'm freaking out about my scoring notes because of the flyers 12 to seven commanders victory. Now I told you guys earlier in the week, Ron Rivera addressed the media saying uh, that, uh, you couldn't saying that every team in the NFC East was better because of quarterback play. So that, of course, throws Carson Wentz under the old bus. So Ron Rivera, I guess, had that on his mind last night when he was addressing the media, and this is what he had to say about his team, their mindset, and his quarterback, Carson Wentz. So honestly, I'm going I'm to speak my mind for a second. For Honestly, uh, it, it's been hard. It really has. You lose four games in a row, and everybody wants to get you, you know, just get on you. And they've played their asses off, they have. they played their asses off for everybody. They come out and they show up, they work hard, all right, they don't complain, okay? They hear all this stuff and they gotta deal with it. I get that and I respect them for that because they're resilient, they come back. Everybody keeps wanting to say, I didn't want anything to do with Carson. Well, I'm the guy that pulled out the sheets of paper that looked at the analytics, that watched the tape in the fricking, when we were at Indianapolis, okay? And that's what pisses me off. Because a young man doesn't deserve to have that all the time. I'm sorry, I'm done. Whether or not you wanted Carson is moot at this point. You said three days ago the guy was the reason your team wasn't any better. Everyone says that I don't want to I was the guy with analytics, okay? I was the guy with a computer and a calculator and an abacus. And I was people popping up, whoosh, you know, and I was the guy that wanted Carson in Indianapolis. <clears throat> I'm sorry, what? Miscusi? You're literally a huge part of the reason why people are dumping on Carson. I mean, Carson West is the number one reason because he's not playing better. If you play better, people aren't going to dump it. Oh, wow, look at the resurgence of Carson West. That's not the storyline. Storyline is wild Carson. and he didn't work with the Eagles, didn't work with the, the Colts, with the guy that it was supposed to work with above anybody else, and it's not working with the Washington Commanders. And um, Ron Rivera just said that the biggest difference between all the clubs in the NFC East, the four and one Cowboys, the four and one Giants with Daniel Jones, huh? And the Eagles with Jalen Hurts are all better at five and zero. by the way. Because of quarterback play. That's putting it on one guy. That's a, you know what he didn't say? Coaching. Why are you better? Coaching. I could do better. That's what NFL coaches are supposed to say. We hate it, but that's what they're supposed to say. If you're in the locker room, wow, damn, you just throwing Carson on the bus like that? Okay. Throwing our quarterback onto the bus. Hey, uh, Taylor Haneke, hey, why don't you go warm up? See how that works out there. <laughs> Uh Dan Schwartz, the young man doesn't deserve me insulting him at the podium. <laughs> anyway, that's that. I had to play that for you, guys. I had to play that. And then finally, Dan Snyder, why is he still an NFL owner? Um, that's a question a lot of us ask ourselves. Uh, and I'm fine with it because the cow- the cowboys, the commanders will suck as long as he's the owner. So cool. However, morally, Dan Snyder needs to go. And I know some people were reading the conspiracy theory, uh, that ESPN reported saying that Dan Snyder's. Dan Snyder, Dan Snyder has dirt on other NFL owners, so if they do vote him out, essentially, and Roger Goodell boots him from the ownership group, uh, from owning an NFL franchise, then uh, he's going to unleash the hounds as far as dirt on other NFL owners. Allegedly, owning or uh, hiring private investigators to follow Goodell and other owners around, so that if they decide to push him out, he's going to put the pictures of them with goats out on the table, right? Uh, some people might look at this and be like, oh, it's a conspiracy theory. It's not true. It's really, to me, the only thing that makes sense. Dan Snyder over the look, look, play on the field aside, okay? Play on the field aside, since Dan Snyder has been the owner, the Washington Commanders have been terrible. Terrible. They have been a joke, they've been a laughing stock of, uh, of the NFL. Then add in sexual assault charges, sexual harassment, uh, uh, allegations, excuse me, allegations. Add all that in. Add um, him being on a yacht in France, was it? While he was supposed to be at a congressional hearing. Like, just all that. Why else wouldn't he be kicked out of the league? Oh, does he have dirt on the people that will actually make the decision? Oh, yeah, that, that, that makes the most sense. So I believe it. I, I think it's true. All right. With the reports that are out there, the way I react to it is, yeah, that, that sounds about right. No, I have no I have no evidence. I, I haven't interviewed anyone, I haven't talked to anyone. But from what's been reported, here's what makes sense. He's the owner because he's got dirt on the people that make the decision as to whether or not he can still be the owner. So yeah, that makes sense to me. Phillies, Braves, game three tonight, South Philadelphia. Aaron Nola's on the bump for the Phillies. He's going to face one of two pitchers. One, the very brief Philly, Charlie Morton, uh, or Spencer Strider, who is uh, pretty damn good. Uh, Spencer Strider, especially against the Phillies, is pretty damn good. Charlie Morton, not so much. Charlie Morton, five starts against the Phillies, 547 ERA. Spencer Strider, three games, four – excuse me, four games, three starts against the Phillies. More on that in a second. 127 ERA. And in every game that he appeared in, three of them were starts. He got the win. One was a relief appearance where he went two and two thirds, and he went in on relief for Charlie Morton, who was making his 300th career start in that particular game back on May 25th. Now, you might remember that game in Atlanta. The Phillies lost eight to four. Charlie Morton started. Spencer Strider came in, uh, came on in relief. It was a four-four game in the fifth inning. Comedy of errors ensued in the bottom of the fifth inning in Atlanta. Jose Alvarado bounced a wild pitch to JT Real Muto. Dansby Swanson was on first base. JT did a great job of being a great catcher, blocking it, keeping it in front of him. Dansby Swanson tries to advance to take second. The best catcher in baseball, not at this time, but uh, uh, now he is. Uh, Fielded the ball perfectly, fired to second base, sailing the ball over Gene Segura trying to get the runner at second to uh, Dansby Swanson. That ball went over Segura's head, past Bryson Stott, who was backing up the play from shortstop, and then rolled past, wait for it, Odubel Herrera in center field. Dansby Swanson scored from first base on a wild pitch, a throwing error, and then a ball getting past Stott and then overrun by Oduble Herrera in center field scored from first on those three miscues on one play. Braves took the five, four lead ended up winning the game eight to four. How about that? So let's not do that. That was all the way back in May. It was all the way back in May. Just say, uh, but if I'm um, Brett Snicker today, Brian Snicker today, excuse me. I am going with Strider uh, to make the start. Um, no question th- about that. So I would guess that it's going to be Nola versus Strider today. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Oh, and Nola, I gave you these numbers yesterday. Five starts against the uh, Braves this year. 367 ERA, three and two over those five starts. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. Check me out on Fox 29 later today. My name is Mark Farzetta. Jim Heider, producer program, did a wonderful job. As per usual, this is a Buzz Sports Entertainment production. Uh, hey, guys, have a great weekend. Let's go Flyers. Let's go Phillies. Fly, Eagles, fly. Have a great weekend, guys. See ya.